I'm Dr. Ben Dale, and I have a fear of retirement. Welcome to episode three. Hopefully you've enjoyed the first two episodes, shared with friends, talked to friends. Um, could be some good conversation starters, hopefully, in, in some of the topics we've discussed so far. Today I'd like to talk about uh, projects. In the first episode, I talked about three pillars. And after I thought about it, I said, I think I'm going to add a fourth one. Um, but we'll talk about that later. I'm going to skip to pillar three, which is projects. We'll come back to establishing a brand. That, that'll take a little bit longer to go through. And, and, I, and so let's just talk about these projects. When I, when I thought about retirement, I thought, I want to learn things. And I want to get better at some things. When you're working 12, 14, 16, 18 hour days, you're working and your spare time is family. And there's really no time to learn things for yourself, get better at things. So uh, I wanted to, to do a little bit of that. So one of the first things I, I did when I retired is I said, I want to be better at cooking. Uh, I have a very good friend and colleague, my a former colleague and a very good friend, Mike Matthews. Uh, I, I encourage you to check him out at principalchef.com. He, um, and he's a great cook. I, and it's not all just grill based. I mean, he, he, he's a master of the grill, but he, he can really cook food. And, and I always well, I admired that and was righteously envious of that and, uh, wanted to do better myself. So I, I've tried a couple dishes. Uh, my daughter Bronwyn is a very good cook as well, and she sends me recipes. And I and and my wife has given me a couple of recipes. Michelle's given me a couple, and I've tried a few. Uh, the first one I tried was a chicken dish, and I had to go to the international market and get spices that I hadn't even heard of before, and it was really fun. And and I spent the day going around to market, uh, looking for the different ingredients. And I'll uh, post on the podcast page, I'll post that recipe that I did if you want to see it. And then uh, recently I did a twice bake. I think that's what it's called. Uh, it's a, It was a chicken pasta. So, um, you know, you cooked, I'm, I'm sorry, it was ground beef pasta. And, I, and you cook up the ground beef and the pasta and you put it all in a casserole dish and put this mozzarella egg and cheese mixture uh, in it and then you put it in the oven and you baked it and and it came out it, it, it tasted great so I've had uh, two recipes that I've done two new recipes and they both came out okay uh, everybody even, even our kids ate them you know even our kids said they were good and so when when you have a 10 year old and a 15 year old who say hey I, that, that was really good and, and they eat it uh, you know it's a success. Um, so I continue on that journey. I do almost all the cooking now. Uh, the colonel, my wife, uh, she still works full time. 
she works long hours. You know, she's up and out of here at six and she comes home at six o'clock at night and, and I try to have dinner ready. Not a hundred percent on that, but you know, I'm a, I'm a B plus, I think, or solid B there, uh, having dinner ready. And I, I do our usuals and then, uh, I guess I've been retired now two months and I've done two new dishes. I need to up that frequency. Um, but I'm settling into a routine. I'll get better at it. I have a goal to get better at it. And uh, Bronwyn has sent me plenty of recipes. And any of you out there have great recipes, you want to put them in the comment box, uh, I'll try them and comment on them, how they went. Send you a photo of it. Happy to do that. And we're happy to eat the food that you think is great too. One of the other things I tackled was pouring concrete. I had never poured concrete in my life. I am not handy. Whatever a, a handyman is, whatever that is, I'm not that. I am the opposite. I'm unhandy. And so I wanted to learn how to pour concrete. And where that came about is in our backyard, we have a brick wall. It's probably eight feet tall. And our 10-year-old son likes to play handball. Not the handball that you and I think of with the little round blue ball but the but a big like red playground ball and you hit it with two hands and there's all these rules and they're all elementary playground rules and he and I over the last year or two have enjoyed playing that version of handball together so now we have uh, this backyard it has a 10 foot or 8 foot brick wall and in one corner uh, the colonel put crushed crushed granite down it's not great, but it'll do. And Joe and I have been back there playing handball. Well, you really wind up on one and hit it wrong and it would go over the fence, over the wall. And so I wanted to put something up above that wall to extend it up, kind of a, you know, to make it so the ball didn't go over the wall as much into the neighbors, cross the alley, go across the alley to the neighbor's yard. We just moved here. We don't know anybody. And we're losing these playground balls right and left. They started to throw them back, which was nice. But, you know, that's not a sustainable model for good relations with your neighbors. So uh, I wanted to do something about that. So my first instinct was I'll just put more. It's just a concrete center block wall. I'll just put four more rows and make it higher. That was my first instinct. And then as I got closer to really doing it, uh, I thought, you know, you've never worked with concrete in your life. Um, your, you, your work gloves you've had for years still look like they came out of the box. You have no background in this. So let's limit your exposure and, and scale it back a little bit. So I started thinking about putting up a back, a back like a backstop. And I didn't want to do mesh because it looks good for a couple of weeks and then the weather hits it and it starts looking ratty and then, you know, it just looks bad. It looks trashy. So I wanted to do something else. So I knew I needed to build a frame. So I went, I went to Home Depot, which is great, right? Because I, for those who know me know, I don't belong in Home Depot. So now I'm starting to venture into Home Depot, right? And, and I'm feeling very, you know, Tim the Tool Man. Uh, about that and I'm walking around Home Depot completely lost but I'm starting to envision what I can do and 
you know, I'm, I'm familiar enough with the cinder block to know that when you look down on top of the cinder blocks, you know, they, there's holes there, right? The cinder blocks, you know, when you look at a wall, you just see the outside of the cinder block, but they're hollow. So I thought, you know, I could sink some poles down into those holes and, and start to build a frame. Now, I didn't know what to put up on that frame, but I'm walking around Home Depot and I found uh, uh, these uh, half-inch pipe. They're f- about five feet long, half-inch uh, gauge, and man, they're sturdy. And they're used for plumbing. And I thought, okay, I can sink these down in, you know, pour some concrete into the hole, sink them down in. That seemed like the right thing to do. So now what to put up in front of it. So I got to gardening and they had these uh, pretty strong looking steel mesh. They had like a rubber coating on, black rubber coating, steel mesh uh, cages. And you and how they advertise them is you put them around plants to keep animals out of them. So they, they sh- the picture had one around a tree. But they're about four feet wide and about four feet tall and they look like a gate so I thought oh, that'd be pretty cool and they had these little uh, they had these little uh, male female connectors that you could join them together and make them make a four feet you could you know could extend them out infinitely so I thought that'd be cool so I'm thinking I'm gonna sink a pole on the left side at the top. I'm going to sink a pole on the right side. I'm going to run this gate in between it somehow. And I'm thinking uh, zip ties. You know, I'll connect them with zip ties and it'll just be up there and it'll be fine. So I shared this with the colonel. Now she, and I, for those of you new to all this, uh, I call her the colonel, not out of affection, but out of respect. She's a retired Air Force colonel, lieutenant colonel, but colonel nonetheless. So I, and she's a mechanical engineer. So I ran this by her and she goes, oh, that's a pretty decent idea. Okay, so now I'm feeling great because I majored in Spanish out of state school in Texas. I went to Texas A&M and majored in Spanish. I went to an engineering school and I was a liberal arts major. All right, so that tells you where I'm at in the world of got it, got it together. So I'm feeling pretty good because the mechanical engineer said my idea was good, but then she said, but you need to put a pole in the middle to make it sturdy enough. Okay, so now I'm going three poles. So, uh, you know, I just increased my, uh, my, my, my work exposure here. So I go back, I get the third pole. And now I'm starting to think, is zip ties going to be enough to hold these things together? So I go back out to where they, in Home Depot, where they sell the, 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 the gate, the sheets of gate. And I see that when they, the, the male-female connectors, when you put them together, it, it, it creates where you can set a pole down and, and that'll hold it together. And guess what? Yes, that brand, they made a pole that you could put down in between them and it would hold the two pieces of gate together sturdily. So I bought a couple of those. I got my concrete. I got my bucket. I got that little uh, stir thingy that you put on a drill. And, you know, I'm feeling ready. So I watch a YouTube. 
on how to mix concrete. I don't know if you've ever watched a YouTube on how to mix, con mix concrete, but they're about three minutes long. And here's the gist of it. You fill your bucket up halfway with concrete mix. And I got quick dry. So I got, oh, quick set. Sorry, I got quick set concrete. And, and, and the, videos, the video took three minutes to say this. Fill the bucket halfway up, add some water, stir it. If it's not the consistency you want, add more water. Keep stirring it until it's the consistency that you want. Took that old boy three minutes to tell me that. So it's basically like a pancake mix. So pretend that you're making pancakes. You want a little thicker than pancake mix, but nonetheless, you get the picture. It, it, I, laughed, I laughed at the video. I mean, the poor, I mean, the guy had like a million views, right? But it was three minutes of that. So I, I, I get all that and I, and, and I decide when I'm going to do it. And, and I did it in uh, late June. So it gets hot here really quick. So I got up early, started laying out all my stuff. You know, around 7 o'clock, I put out a tarp. I got the hose. I got the bucket. I got the stir thing. Oh, and I went and bought a drill. So I wanted a drill, you know, not a drill with a little battery pack on the bottom, but I wanted a drill that plugged, that had a plug. And when you held the drill, you're like, man, I'm about to drill me some stuff here. Like I wanted a drill that made my chest puff out a little more. Not some little drill, but I wanted like a, I wanted a bad A drill. So I go on a offer up. I started looking at drills and the, and the drill that I decided on a black and Decker drill, right? So, you know, black, black and Decker, right? This is a drill. The, the, the person who sold the drill had a shop here in ABQ and this shop was all power tools. Like it wasn't a big store, but it was bigger than you would think. And it was about the size of a convenience store. But it was full of power tools and great prices. So I got this Black & Decker drill. And it's a huge drill, right? It's a massive drill. And it's, it's, got a, it's got one of those side grips on it, like a handlebar side grip. I mean, this is for mixing concrete, man. So I go get this drill. I talk him down from 90 bucks to 50 bucks, And I go in this store. Now, I don't know where all these power tools came from. It was a bit sketch. But it was pretty awesome. So I go in and I also needed a weed eater. And there's this nice Ryobi uh, gas-powered weed eater. And man, it, 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 looked like a weed e it looked like a weed eater that when you're using it, your whole block is like Ben's using his weed eater. Like this, it's like it, when you fire that thing up, it's like, like firing up a Harley. It's just awesome. So I saw... So I did an impulse buy on the weed eater. I got it for 70 bucks. I got the power, I got the power drill, 50 bucks. Everything works great. So I get I get to the day I'm gonna do it. I set everything out. And I poured it in the bucket, just like on the video. I poured the quick set in there, I added some water. I got out my drill with that, you know, thing on it. it looks like you're gonna make mashed potatoes, but it's massive, right? It's like put your hands together it's like big around is that I set that in there and I'm mixing the concrete 
I get the consistency I think you're supposed to have. You know, it's not too runny. It's not too grainy. It's just nice, nice looking concrete. And I also got one of those, uh, it's like a trough and a trowel. I mean, I'm pro, right? And I go over and I look down, I put in some of the quick set and it goes eight feet down all those holes straight to the ground. I hadn't thought about how far I wanted to sink the poles and how I was going to get the concrete to stop. Like I just thought the concrete was going to magically stop at the point I wanted to. But when you put cinder block wall up, it's hollow all the way to the ground. And it doesn't necessarily have to be. You could put rebar in there and pour concrete on the interior. I get that. Nah, man, this is like a, this was like a, somebody's brother-in-law job did this thing. So I got up. I had the ladder out. I got up. I looked down. I could see inside all the way to the ground. So I had to create a base for the concrete to sit on. But I'm panicking because I don't know what quickset means. Quickset seems to me like it's going to be quick. So I think I'm going to have like a rock solid bucket of concrete. So I'm scrambling around trying to fix this thing. And what I decided to do was... Just take cardboard. I cut some cardboard pieces, the shape of the hole of the top of the cinder block, and I just pushed it down till it got to the bottom of the cinder block. Because I, I figured if it's quick set, I don't need it to be there forever. I just need it to stop the concrete long enough for it to dry. So I put one in there on the left side of the wall, all the way to the left, pour the concrete in, it worked. So I poured probably probably a hydro flask size looking thing of concrete down in that hole and I smoothed it off man it looked pretty and then I sunk the pole down now I put the pole all the way to the front corner so at least have some it wasn't just sitting in the middle of the concrete that I poured I, I moved it up towards the front corner of the center block I made sure it was straight I had a level Look at me, had a level, made sure it was straight. Everything was good to go. So then I thought, I'm gonna do the middle one next. So I did the same thing. I poured the middle one, everything went great. Now I'm gonna pour the right one. Now I knew I had about 10 feet, eight inches of gate. And I thought, if I go to the far corner, front far corner, like I did on the left side, I wonder if it still works. So I measured again. It didn't. It was uh, uh, 11 feet. So I, I saw that 10 foot 8 was exactly in the middle of the hole that I was going to pour into. So I, so I marked that with a pencil. I poured the, put the cardboard down. I poured the concrete. And when I put the pole in, the pole went through the cardboard. So now I got a problem. Because now my concrete is starting to sag down. It's just starting to drop. I'm, and, 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 and I poured the right amount. So I, I had a little bit left. But what am I going to do? So I had these little wood blocks that were left behind by the previous owner. So I pushed the first wood block down and it went through. So I got a little different shaped one. And the second one I pushed down, it didn't go through. It caught on something. So uh, that 
cause the concrete to stop sinking. So I topped off the concrete, I put the pole in there, but because of the wood block, that right pole was just a little bit taller. So that's the only thing that looks weird about it. You can't even really tell when, now that it's up, but I can see it, right? Like just like a beacon of unevenness to my undiagnosed OCD and I see it, but it's awesome. I, otherwise, I, and I put the gate up, I zip tied it to the poles. It's strong, it's sturdy. And that was my foray into building something. I've never built anything with my hands in my life. And those of you out there that are handy, you're like shaking your head this whole time. Uh, but for me being unhandy, it was awesome. I was very proud of it. And it was very fulfilling. And I want to keep doing those kinds of things. My next project, I've said this very quietly in case the colonel's listening. I'm going to take that crushed granite out and I'm going to pour a concrete pad there so that we have a nice little concrete pad to play handball. And Joe plays tennis, so he can hit some tennis balls. And I'm a paddle tennis player. I can go out there and rally paddle tennis. So I'm coming for you, Patty Perkinson. Um, and uh, I'm going to pour a larger pad. Talk to my cousin Shane about it. Maybe I can get him out here to help me. He's handy, all right? So that was something I wanted to learn. Uh, the third thing that I want to learn, I want to learn about cars. I love cars. I don't know anything about cars, except that I love them. And I think cars are awesome and cool, and I like old cars. I have a 2021 Bronco, and I'm in love with Broncos. So one of my learning projects is I'm going to learn about cars, and I'm going to be a car guy. I'm going to be a gearhead. Uh, I think that'd be pretty cool. It's something I've, all, I've never been and always wanted to be. Now, I have two I have two problems. I have two shortcomings. I have two obstacles to overcome when it comes to being a car guy. Number one, I don't have any tools. I have, so I've started to buy a few tools very carefully. I'm not going crazy. Uh, I bought some drill. got me some drill bits. So I'm feeling good about my drill bits. And I got some pliers and some screwdrivers. And I got a little pegboard out in the garage. I've been hanging them up. It all looks very professional. So I'm starting to get into the tool world and my second obstacle about being a car guy is i don't know anything about cars so over here at central new mexico it's a the community college here in albuquerque they have uh they have car uh, automotive classes so i'm gonna wait a year so that i'm a resident because at the community college the difference in the tuition is like 50 bucks for a class versus $1,300 if you're not a resident. So that's why they call it community college, right? They want people from the community to go there. So um, I'm going to wait a year till I'm a resident and then I'm going to start taking an automotive class. They have six of them and uh, I'll take them. And, and then I want to get an old car. Of course, I want to get an old Bronco. I don't know if you know this, but old Broncos are very popular. And a completely trash, rusted out, doesn't run old, early 70s, late 60s Broncos, like 10 grand. And it's basically a paperweight. Uh, a restored Bronco can go anywhere from, and again, late 60s, early 70s, a restored Bronco can go anywhere from, oh, 60 grand to 120, 130 grand. So, uh, and they're hard to find. 
So I've been looking for old Broncos. Um, and I think it's something with the Southwest, but when you're driving out in the middle of nowhere and there's a house or a, a, a mobile home or some kind of piece of property with a dwelling on it of some sort, they've got 20 cars around it. I don't know what it is if it's a Southwest tradition that you never sell your old car. You just keep it on your property. And I'm not being disparaging. It's a thing. Now, I've been doing a lot of driving, uh, driving kids to camp, driving kids to college, going to visit my son at NIMI, you know, taking Joe to music camp and Jake and Joe to scout camp, going up and seeing CJ, taking Katie to college. And I've been keeping my eye out. And I'm seeing old Broncos on properties. And, I'm, and I keep little notes where it's at. Uh, I go on my map and do the latitude, longitude of where that old Bronco is. And I've even reached out to a couple uh, of owners, left a little card in their box, said, I see the Bronco on your property. I'm interested in buying it. If you're interested in selling it, call this cell number. So I'm on, I'm, 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 I'm on the hunt. And as a, a lifelong collector of things, I had different types of collections over the years. The hunt is the most fun. So I'm having a lot, and, and, and my kids have gotten into it too as I'm driving them. You know, every time we see like a piece of property off the side of the road, you know, we're all looking over there. And and uh, just recently on a trip up to Utah, Katie spotted a couple of old Broncos. So uh, I'm, on, uh, I'm, I'm on the prowl for an old Bronco. The last thing I wanted to learn, uh, and, and I'll end up here today, we're coming up on 25 minutes, so I'll end up here today. The last thing I wanted to learn was combat sports. Um, so I've, I've taken up boxing. And I'm self-learning. I'm not taking any... I might take a lesson eventually, but I'm such a novice. Um, I think I said in an earlier podcast episode, maybe the first one, that... Or maybe it was the second one. I don't know. Uh, I, I got a heavy bag, 100-pound heavy bag, and I hung it up ridiculous using a bike hook so stupid it lasted like two days and I don't even punch that hard and uh that fell and then I got a u-bracket and I put it on a cross beam drilled through the sides of it and uh put a hook that hangs there's a little hole in the u-bracket and I put a hook a hook in there and screwed it in with a lock bolt and and put the bag on that and that's been holding up pretty great got some usc gloves and after a idiotic first attempt that cut my hands all up i got some hand wraps and now i'm working out i'm doing two sometimes three days a week on the heavy bag and it's surprising how fast you can get good at that i was already in pretty good shape and i was already pretty fit and you know been lifting and push-ups and and, and and such so I was okay I, I wasn't just starting from the couch to the box and I was in pretty good shape but you watch videos on YouTube there's really great ones out there both to learn how to throw a punch and also to to uh, there's great videos on uh, heavy bag workouts believe it or not and I've been doing those <laughs> and the heavy bag workouts the, they're all three-minute rounds, right? Like boxing. This is pretty cool. So I've gotten pretty good at throwing a punch and, and knowing the mechanics of that and learning, you know, what a one, a two, and a, a three, the four. You know, you learn the numbers of the punches and, 
and that's fun and and there's different things you can do like uh block one throw two and block one you know three to the body with a hook and that's that's for me it's the learning of you know the science of it the knowledge of it the 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 when you take up something like that it's shocking how much learning there is you think it's just punching like tyson's tyson because he throws a hard punch no there's a science to it and of course they call it the sweet science but there's all of this uh strategy knowledge approach science to boxing and understanding your body angles and positioning it's just fascinating to me that's more fun to me the learning of it than saying oh yeah like i can throw a pretty hard punch and i can do five rounds of three minutes each and i'm that i'm in that good of shape that that to me is all secondary what's primary to me is the science of it and i guess if we're talking about learning things that i have to give a shout out to the to the thing that hit like a lightning bolt i'm into paddle tennis uh, my good friend Patty Perkinson got me hooked on it, and uh, and I'm super passionate about it now. And in playing, Albuquerque's not a big paddle tennis area, but I'm recently joined the Albuquerque Tennis Club, and I've talked the director into uh, advertising for paddle tennis. And I made a flyer; they put it up on the bulletin board. No one's called me yet, but it's early. It's early. It's early. And I go out there with my paddle and and just hit over the net by myself. I have a bucket of balls. And people will come over and go, what is that? <laughs> I'm like, it's a paddle tennis racket. It's super fun. It's a cross between tennis, ping pong, and pickleball. It's all the good things of that. And, and it's really crazy fun. And uh, so I've uh, developed a passion for that as well and trying to get better at it. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Uh, On our next episode, I'm going to talk about rebuilding your brand in retirement. I'm Ben Dale, and I have a fear of retirement. 